Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Jessica Husselstein is the Director of Vans at Tommy Kunst Junior High, Martin Luther Tunnel Elementary, and William Rice Elementary Schools in Santa Maria, California. She has been a credentialed music educator in the California State Public School System since the turn of the century. Jessica received her BA in Music from Cal State University Stanislaus and her MA in Educational Leadership and Administration from California Lutheran University. She continues to perform most recently with the Saluting America's Band Directors Ensemble in the 2022 Rose Parade and will be joining them again in 2023 for the Macy Thanksgiving Day Parade. She also serves as a guest conductor for the Santa Inez Valley Wind Ensemble. A vocal advocate that arts education is for all students, Jessica served on the founding board of CMEA Southwestern Section as secretary from 2014 to 16, vice president from 2016 to 2018, president from 2018 to 2020, and past president from 2020 to 2022. During the pandemic, she found herself as California Music Educator Association State Board's acting chair for music education technology. She also participated in the correlation of the new national arts standards to the former California music content standards in preparation for the state adoption. Ms. Husselstein's greatest personal achievement is the building of the music program at her schools. After humble beginnings, the program is now thriving, adapting with the times to provide the most relevant content for her students. Her end goal is to facilitate access to music education for every student in California, and she will to continue to support organizations and advocate until that vision is achieved. It is my great pleasure this week to welcome Jessica Husselstein to the podcast. Jessica is a newly minted Music First ambassador as well as a new Music First customer, and I'm absolutely thrilled uh, to have Jessica uh, with us this week. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, Jim. Thanks so much for having me. You got it. So um, you come very, very highly recommended by numerous people. And I've seen your names. Um, I've seen your name on numerous uh, things uh, that session proposals and conferences that we've been at in uh, in California. But what I would love for you to do is kind of trace your career path from the, you know, when you first got into music um, and how you, what, you know, where you went to school, uh, what, uh, what got you excited about teaching music and then uh, your career and your leadership position. So if you could, if you can give us a thumbnail sketch, that would be a great way to give context to the rest of the conversation. Well, sure. Um, so I'm a product of the California public school system um, in the, you know, early 90s, which isn't saying too much because we didn't have very much funding back then, but I had some phenomenal, phenomenal teachers. And honestly, coming out of high school, I didn't think of even doing anything other than being a music major. It didn't even dawn on me to, to apply for anything other than 
just why wouldn't I keep doing music because I do it all day every day at school now why wouldn't I just keep going with it and, so, and where did you, where did you grow up Jessica I grew up in Southern California in Whittier okay and I went cool. to Cerna High School there when Diana Hollinger was the director and she's now the music ed um, head of music education for San Jose State oh that's uh, right I knew right? that name very cool yeah and so um I had her as my like primary you know vision of what a music teacher is going to look like that's and, a great role model oh she's fantastic and then went to cal state stanislaus when ed harris was the uh, head of the, the oh, department wow. and he was phenomenal and all of the you know professors that i got to work with there were great and lots of other really good uh, music educators just in general that have come out of both of those programs and um after college, I jumped right into teaching um, really with just, it was a huge time for uh, a music sh teacher shortage. Mm -hmm. And so we had an internship credential. And so I went straight from like my college classes straight into the classroom on an intern credential. Oh, wow. And it's been nonstop ever since. <laughs> so a, a couple of questions in there, because I've I've been out. To, I love California. I've been out there numerous times, and I love everything about the state and uh, some amazing music programs. I was up in Fresno this past mm -hmm. uh, early spring uh, at that state conference. But my memory, I there was a guy I knew in Huntington Beach that taught there named Jamie Knight, fantastic music educator, and we would, you know, we chatted a lot. And he would tell me about in California something you mentioned about the funding that in many school districts in the 90s and maybe even into the 2000s if you wanted to be in like the high school marching band you had to pay a supplemental fee and it was pretty substantial um to support the music program is that yeah. am i wrong is that is that is that right that may have been something going on in the early 90s okay um, i i remember doing quite a bit of fundraising when right. i was in high school but as probably within two or three years of becoming a teacher they passed a few um, pieces of legislation that allow us, we're not allowed to do that anymore. Okay, so great, there's great. No I always thought that was great. Any kind. I always thought it California. Excellent. I, Cause I always thought it was like this weird, you know, what if you couldn't afford that fee? You, you, you miss right. out on a music education. So that's great, great, yeah. great, great to know. So now you're in Santa Maria, maybe tell us about um, paint a picture for those of us who are not familiar with California. Where is that? What, what kind of community is it? And then let's let's dive into what you're doing at Tommy Kuntz Junior High School. All right, so Santa Maria is right on the coast and we are an hour north of Santa Barbara, a half an hour north or south of San Luis Obispo. Oh, and cool. if you're driving from Los Angeles to San Francisco along the 101, then we're just about smack dab in the middle. Got it. So, uh, and what kind of what kind of community is it? I, you know, for those of us who are unfamiliar with the kind of socioeconomics of of uh, Santa Maria, we are probably a, a very interesting split between a suburban community and an agricultural community. Right. We have a huge strawberry industry here, um, so a lot of my families, you know the you know, have family members, parents working um, in the fields super early in the morning to super late at night. Right. Um, and then a lot of students who travel during the um, the winter months. 
um, which makes it interesting with concert scheduling and absolutely we, like even like times of day that we choose to um, to set things up just right. to make it accessible to the families because that's what it's all about. Um, Santa Maria has a really unique culture um, compared to other areas of California that I've been in, but it's really neat. Like everybody owns where they're from and who right. they're with and what right. they do. And for the most part, like really everybody gets along really well. And that's that's fantastic. There's, you know, we have our issues with gangs and, you know, the other things that come along with you know, right. low socioeconomic issues. But um, in general, you know, people are pretty good. So and it's a really it, nice place to live. Yeah, I, I, I'm always fascinated. Whenever I drive around California and you get out of the giant bowl of the Los Angeles yeah. metro area, uh -huh. it seems to me like California is nothing but just millions of acres of farms and incredible mountains. I mean, that's that's it's, what it's like. I was in Fresno, uh, as I said, back in, I think, February. And I, I remember flying in and just being like, oh, my God, how many almond trees are here? <laughs> you know, it's just this gorgeous, absolutely yeah. beautiful landscape of of miles and miles of almond trees it is and then they all in bloom and they're all pink and it's oh gorgeous. it's gorgeous it was yeah. it was really yeah. really beautiful yeah for anybody coming to california please come come a couple hours north of la it's yeah, absolutely a whole different experience it truly is it i mean i can't i can't stress that enough and 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 such varied landscape as well so yeah. now that we're waxing poetic about your beautiful <laughs> state um why don't you talk about uh, your junior high school? Is it just seventh and eighth grade, or is it is it like a sixth, seventh, eighth, or fifth through seventh, or whatever weird combination some of the middle schools are? <laughs> At the moment, we are still seventh and eighth. Um, when I came to the district eighteen years ago, they were transitioning out of being K eight schools, mm -hmm. and um, for the for the area of town that I'm in, and they had just broken off the seventh and eighth grade. Um, classes to a separate campus right and so that was an interesting transition for a couple of our our groups of students i'm sure um but yeah it's seventh and eighth grade so it's uh it's a jungle out there uh, yeah and no it's I, fabulous but you know i'm a junior high animal so it's okay yeah no i taught my entire career in the new jersey public schools for, at middle school the middle mm -hmm. school level and i absolutely loved it but i went to a junior high school so you know, the junior high school is a it's actually really, really different than middle school because you only have them for two years. So what what kind of feeder program do you have? And in California, do they start instrumental, you know, because you're a band director. So mm -hmm. I'm assuming that you're having a feeder program and you're getting kids who have already been playing or, or are you starting them out new or a little well, bit I'm of really both? I'm really lucky to actually be my own feeder program. So oh, cool. I, I have no one to blame but myself by the time I get to the junior high. Um, but no, it's great. So the way my schedule works is I spend two periods of the day at the junior high school. And then the afternoons, I'm at one of my two elementary sites. Excellent. And so I have two other elementary sites that feed into my junior high school. So I have like a partner teacher who takes those sites and then all of the third grade music for the whole cluster. And um, it works out really well. You know, the kids come in, you know, the ones who have played since we take them in fourth grade. Right. Uh, right excellent. Now. And um, the ones that are still with us, you know, by the time we hit seventh grade, our attrition is actually pretty good if you kind of ignore COVID. 
Um, so they right. tend to stick with it. And then uh, by the time I got them at junior high, we're starting off at about like August is 1.5 as far as like the grade of the literature. Yep. And we're easily at two and a half. And I have a few grade threes that I get to break out once in a while in the late spring before I send them all off to high school. Yeah. And every middle school, every middle school and junior high school band director knows exactly what you're yeah. talking about with those numbers, because 1.5 yeah. in, in like the JW Pepper catalog is a very right. easy or an easy Right. And you get a couple of so um what is your daily schedule like? I mean, are is it is that all so all week you're doing a couple of periods in the junior high and a couple of weeks of elementary, a couple of uh, periods in the elementary like every day? Yeah, that's my daily. Okay. And yeah, so I how did. many how many do you just do the do you have bands in the elementary school or you're just teaching lessons there? Oh yeah, we don't do lessons. I wish we did. It's uh, full bands. I've got about forty kids in each class, um, mixed instrumentation. It's it's fabulous and fun, and I wear earplugs. <laughs> so, so if I if I got this count right, you've got one band in each elementary school, or is it two? Uh, three. I do one per. So our uh, elementary kids. I have a fourth grade, a fifth grade, and a sixth. Grade. Oh, that's right. That's right. And I've got. 40 kids in each one of those classes, more or less. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, so you've got six elementary school bands and then how many junior high school bands? Two. Two. And this year, the way it kind of fell out is my first period kids are the kids who've been playing, um, let's see, my seventh graders were, gosh, I don't even know where we're at. Right. I think, uh, I think my seventh graders started that school year online when they were in fourth grade. Oh, right, I, right. I can't even remember. Or they finished I, the year. They finished yeah, the year. Yeah. One or the other. It's and, all been a blur, uh, hasn't it? It's, it's a blur. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to remember it. I don't want to think that hard about it. But um, so I think what I'm trying to say is I still have a, about a fourth of my students who started basically online, and so I have a lot of issues I'm still fixing with you know, embouchure and, right. you know, that kind of thing, but they're coming along and that first period class is doing really well. They read like little monsters right? and um, it's fantastic. So I'm going to be able to do a lot with them this year. My second period group is green. They are brand right. new, right? Um, but it's a lot of fun. I, I'm all for starting kids at any grade that your district will allow you to get them in a music classroom, yep. but I sure do love starting them in seventh grade because you move so fast. Yeah, it's great. absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. if if I'm doing the number, first of all, uh, people like myself who taught in New Jersey and the New York metro area, when you hear that you've got three different grade level bands at each elementary school, each with 40 kids, when I taught elementary school, I, I did the same thing. I had a middle school gig and my first two years I traveled to the elementaries. If I had 40 kids in the total band um, in fourth and fifth grade, that would have been a miracle. So to, to uh, to know that you've got 120 in each school, so that's 240, and probably another 200 at the at the junior high ish. Um, you're 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 not only teaching 400 plus kids ish. Uh, you're also you're also doing eight different programs. Yeah, it's a lot. That's so. a lot. Yeah, yeah you're you're <laughs> yeah. you're 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 a typical uh, multitasking monster that that is an amazing music educator keep, oh, keeping all thanks. these kids that's fantastic well one thing i'm just really really 
stoked that our district has been able to manage is that we've come up from a place where we didn't have that. We did not have those kind of numbers when I started. Of course, right. Um, but once the district saw the interest that the kids had and like every time I'd write a grant and get more instruments or, you know, bring in a, a music vendor to come and do a rental night and the parents would just be flocking there and it would be two hours waiting in line to get a, a flute, you know, they the district really saw what it meant to the community and they've been excellent about supporting it. And at this point, so we have 21 schools in our district. And oh my more or less like every school site has basically the same situation going on wow and we have instruments for every kid oh so they so. they do or they don't rent or or they, they don't, don't have they to they rent. don't have to rent anymore so there's a few like there's a couple there's a couple exceptions this year because um things started had started blowing up again after right. COVID, you know, right. blowing up in a good way. Right. Um, so there's a few teachers who are like, oh, we're short a few instruments. And if you want to join, you have to rent, but the district's going to support them and, and order more instruments. And oh, that's fantastic. Get everything taken care of. It's just been so wonderful to see. It's great because you're taking away an economic barrier for some kids that that might be, you know, in, completely have their lives lives changed. Not that, you know, everyone, in my opinion, if you're in if you're in a music program, your life is permanently changed for the better, in my opinion, um, as long as your teacher is good. Uh, but yeah. So before we get into the technology stuff, Jessica, I'd love to you mentioned uh, the dreaded P word or the, the pandemic. Um <laughs> I t I've talked to a, a, a bunch of teachers in California and their programs were decimated, um, meaning they, they, they only have like, they lost 70% of their, their kids, um, that yeah. kind of like starting all over again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now that we're in 2022 and uh, we're, you know, this podcast will be released about a week before Thanksgiving. So we're mm -hmm. kind of at that first pause in the school year where you go, okay, let's reflect on how this is. How's the year going for you? How do you feel? Um, what is, what is the, what is the environment like? I mean, there, I'm assuming there, there's no, you know, no real fear of, uh, you know, masks and and that kind of stuff it's is is quote unquote back to normal and and how are your program numbers for the most part um we don't have any restrictions on us like we did coming back at the beginning of last year mm -hmm. um so that's nice we still have a few kids wearing masks but right. i think that's just because they're in junior high and they absolutely like to wear a mask and a hoodie for the rest of their life as, oh, yeah. as far as they can <laughs> can see it at this moment yeah but um as far as it comes to playing um we're, we're fine. I've got my chairs are squished back together. Um, numbers wise, last year we took a hit for sure. Right. I think both of my junior high classes were around 32, something like that last year, which wow. for me felt really, really small. Right. But it was also very nice and manageable when I tried to look at it from that perspective. And um, this year where my let's see, my seventh, eighth grade band of the kids that are returning, that's still at about 35, where I would usually be around 45 or 50. Right. But my beginning class is 42. And oh, that's wow. almost all kids who within the first couple of weeks of school kind of saw what was going on and they're like, hey, I want to go there. I want to, I want that shiny thing. Right. Um, little did they know <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean i i but, say i say this in a lot of the this uh 
I, I do a bunch of keynotes about kind of recovering and bouncing back uh, from from where we're at, trying to inspire people because a lot of people are just like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah. And that's the wrong attitude. It's just like I see it as glass, you know, three quarters full. And that, you know, but 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 specifically, I think if you recall back to when you were young in, in a music program, and I always think about this, um, you know, it was almost more about the camaraderie with the my fellow musicians my fellow yeah. band members than it was the actual music making at oh, least absolutely. for me it was my entire social life all mm -hmm. of my best friends uh from high school we were all in marching band together you know it was like a squad and and yeah. when you when you put that squad in a brady bunch screen um it's not the same so i'm i'm really happy to hear that and i just hope that uh, if there are any parents listening to this uh, podcast, and I hope there are, that that you encourage your kids to to jump in with uh, with both feet and and don't worry about like not being an amazing musician at first. Uh, that music teachers are welcoming you all back with open arms. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's all about the band fam. Absolutely. Um, so let's let's um, turn the conversation towards the technology. What? So you're a, you're a relatively new customer. Uh, you've only had it a couple of months. What what uh, music first solutions are you using? How are you using them? What are you doing with your kids? Um, yeah, go go for it. All right. So I have been using faithfully Sight Reading Factory yep. um, since probably mid COVID. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the one that we use all the time. And like I said, my advanced groups are reading like little monsters. Yep. Like I can put anything in front of them um, between using, um, we switched to a new method book that's really big on, you know, the foot tapping at the beginning okay. of, of the, the session. And so I really made them lock in on that. So between that strategy, and I still teach like two or three other rhythm counting strategies, but being able to flash through you know, eight or 10 different rhythm examples without having to pull music off my shelf, yep. without having to do all the filing and cataloging and mess that used to come along with all the sight reading. Yep. Oh my gosh. It's, it's just phenomenal. So, and are you, are you projecting those examples mm -hmm. on a screen? Yes. And that's another really big thing that's changed for me um, is I had been in this itty bitty teeny tiny portable Right. Um, oh, wow. Wow. A projector that was on a table. Right. <laughs> so of I couldn't course. really even use it because no matter where I put it in the room, some kid's head was right in front of it. Yep. So like, so I went from basically having no means of projection to a actual band room that has a short throw projector on a whiteboard. And I have a flat screen display panel that's big enough for the back of the room to see I oh, have awesome. speakers that go across the whole room. And it's, it really, really has made a difference, but I'll say this for anybody who's like, oh my God, I could never get that. We used our technology budget, not the band budget. Right. So the district technology funds cover all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's um, fantastic. And so that's been just like amazing. We have a really amazing IT department and um, they're just they're easy to, to talk to and work with. And, right. you know, it's like, can I bake you cookies? You always do so much for me, but um, they've been really good too about, you know, Hey, band is a class. Like yep. they need the same stuff, if not more to, to be productive. So let's make sure they're hooked up and yeah, they've done I, such a good job. 
I've always said that music teachers need to have three best friends on the school staff, the school secretary, the school custodian, and the IT director. That's like yeah. the, 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 uh, the holy trinity of making your life easier. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, Sight Reading Factory is amazing. A lot of choral directors use it, but for band directors, not only can you do like rhythmic exercises where they're all doing a unison, but you can, have you ever tried the band arrangements where you can create for full concert band? Mm -hmm, I have. And so we've, um, we use the split panel, like projectory thing. Oh, and cool. that is, it's actually, it, it's the way I'm doing it is I think I'm making it too hard for myself, but it's working for now is I'll like screenshot it and then paste it and then scroll down on the flat panel TV. So my trombones and my drummers can see and then uh, I have everybody else on the screen up on front so that everybody else can see their notes, you know, at the front of the room. And then we're able to play through and then I pop to the next one. And um, it's still it's like three clicks and everybody can do the multi-part arrangements, which is fantastic. That but, is that's brilliant. Um, yeah. so I, the unison parts fit great. Like everybody can see all the parts of the right. unison ones, but I just split it when we do the um, the multi-part stuff. Very cool. Are you giving your students like individual assignments as homework or are you just using Sight Reading Factory in like the class setting? Right now I'm only using all the software in just like a classroom setting. Yep. Yep. Um, I have some seats in the music first classroom. I think that I can assign some kids to. I just mm -hmm. want to make sure I'm going to do it with fidelity because yep. I'm really interested to see how the like the learning management system part of it works. Yep. Um, because it seems like once I get through a very small learning curve, it's going to be very, very efficient. No, it, so. it, it is. In fact, my, uh, my, my fellow colleague, uh, Matt Ferry, and I are coming out to California in the beginning of November, right before this podcast actually oh. goes on. We're going to have to, I'm going to have to see if we can uh, take a quick ride up and uh, visit with you. Sure. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Uh, very cool. So what other software do you have um, from, Let's from music first? All right. What have I been playing with? So just so you know, I got my first taste of this after uh, one of your sessions at Kasmic at our California state music conference. Ah. Uh, I actually think I hosted your session. I think that's right. That I now. knew I knew you. Yes. All right. There. We go. <laughs> that's perfect. And so um, I totally took you up on that free trial offer and it was you know, it was one of those things after having been in so much technology and really not wanting to ever have to learn another piece of software. Right. Um, this was all very digestible. So the first thing I threw out to the kids was the Aurelia. Am I saying mm -hmm. that right? Yep. Um, because we were just getting to a point where I could tell they could hear themselves with their intonation. I was like, I just need a tool that I could just you know, show them what higher than or like what sharp and flat sounds like and right. like that it's just built in. And I found that exercise in Aurelia yep. and whoa, if that is not, I swear, Jim, I wish I had recorded that lesson with a book so you could see the before and after, like we were just playing through the music. I hadn't taught them anything about, you know, this is how you adjust your mouthpiece. This is how you pull out your head, join your tuning slide. And having done that lesson and then just dropping a, you know, a root position B flat major chord on my yep. harmony director and saying, yep. okay, fix it. And they fixed it. And the next day we were playing a chorale and you see their eyeballs just like get wider and wider, like, 
oh my gosh, we sound good. Yeah, no, I, yeah. you know, it's funny. Um, so two podcast episodes ago, I interviewed Leah Hanley, who's a teacher in the Bronx. Um, and she uses that exact same exercise, the tuning exercise in Aurelia. And there's three different, there's an, there's an introductory uh, tuning exercises, beginner and intermediate. And then within each one of those, there are multi-levels. The one where the kids have to adjust the tuning themselves um, there's like a little slider where they try to get the note in tune. That oh. was that was the only way I could figure out how to teach my string players how to tune. And that's what Leah does exclusively. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that where, where technology fits in beautifully and like seamlessly rather than trying to force it into a band rehearsal mm -hmm. is if you can't do it without it. You know, like if mm -hmm. there's like it's really hard. What are you going to do? Pick a kid who plays really badly out of tune and say, all right, now you play your B flat and then I'm going to play my B flat and let's try to figure out what's going on here. Right. You don't want to do that. But if you put it up on a on a on a little kind of a game like exercise, like the tuning exercise and the kids can hear, is it sharp or flat? And then, you know, lefty, loosey, righty, tighty, which was what I always taught them, like if it's if it's. Uh, if it's flat, that's, you know, if it's sharp, it's lefty-loosey. You mean you you need to pull out. And if it's flat, you need to push in. And the kids totally got it. And it's good to hear that that other teachers use. I, in fact, when I bought that, that I was so happy. I was like, it was worth the cost of the software just to get my kids playing in tune. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the 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 lack of damage to my ears. Right. Absolutely. So <laughs> okay. you, you mentioned the harmony. Yeah. You mentioned the harmony director and it's one of my favorite devices. So for those people that don't know what a harmony director is, can you just quickly describe what it is and what it does? It's a magical keyboard that the angels sent down from heaven mm -hmm. for everybody who doesn't want to have to transpose parts on a piano. Yeah. Working with their class. Yep. No, yeah. So it's, um, so it's from Yamaha yep. and so I, I'm not an expert on this. Again, it's like, again, new technology that I'm just getting my feet wet with, Right. but I, it has a really nice sustain feature, which I use to set a drone and have the kids practice to. Yep. Um, and then it will, it just has each different key for the instruments. So if you're playing around with your trumpets and you want to play your trumpet parts straight out of the score, you just hit the B flat button and then play the notes that are in the score. And you don't have to sit there and think about it for five minutes before you, you know, actually hit the keys and be very honest and transparent here. No, I know. I hear you. I, a lot of, a lot of band directors, I they used to transposing. And, and so do most, you know, we're always like, what, who thought of this kind of crazy right. idea that all these instruments, yeah, so if, if you're not familiar with it, Google it, everybody. Harmony Director by Yamaha and check it out. Watch the videos on YouTube of the little kids in Japan oh who my are in goodness. class yep. using this. And, oh man. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Yamaha, guys, you can thank me later for that plug. I just think it's a really cool product. Um, anything else you're using? I know you're just getting your feet wet. So if you're, you know. Yeah. Um, lots of Software Factory, the Aurelia. Um, Anything. I play around with practice first, just on my own. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm starting to like dig through the library. Right. And then one thing that I think is going to be phenomenal and I just haven't played with it enough was music. Oh and yeah. Yeah. Like taking the, like it was so easy to get the PDFs into that. Yeah. The music. Yeah. And then putting that into, cause it does the live score. So yep. you could 
hear it play, play it. Yep. right? Yep. And then <laughs> drop it into practice first. Yep. And then the kids could play. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't it also like um, assess the kids as they were yeah. playing through it? Yeah. Yep. So I'm like, hello, how awesome is this? No, I love it. I, I love it when people get what I'm trying to do, because, you know, that was the whole uh-huh. when we first started talking to music, I was like, if you could do this so our customers could mm-hmm. do this, I will. I think everybody would love it. So it's good to hear that that you're yeah. doing that. So um, so what you just said is really a little while ago is really, really important to hear for everybody. And that is that. So you're not actively using it with your students yet. You're probably still getting your feet wet, whether you're still trying to figure it out, but you are using it as a classroom teaching tool. And I would imagine that, you know, you from from your resume and, and everything that you're doing, uh, you're a good band director. So you're not like using this as a, as like fluff tools, you know, just to, oh. for the use of technology, but you're really using it as a teaching tool. And it's really the way I, I designed it or we and, and the different companies designed it to be used, you know, giving it as as homework is definitely cool. Um, and it, and it's a great way to get kids engaged outside of the class, but it absolutely can be used in the classroom and it can be super effective. Absolutely. Yeah. Our classes, we've moved from six periods to seven periods this year. And so my classes are all like six or seven minutes shorter. Oh, wow. I can't afford, I have, I have no room for fluff. Right, right, right. We need to get in. We need to, it needs to work. It needs to be reliable. It needs to be functional and it needs to teach the kids it needs to be a tool to teach the kids what I can't do on my own right and I mean it just checks all the boxes so So your your school district obviously put a huge investment into the instrumental music program by you know acquiring all of these instruments did do you have any kind of one-to-one laptop like a chromebook program or or what are the kids one-to-one with chromebooks so every kid has their own chromebook Yes, everybody has their own Chromebook and um, we get them headphones. So, um, oh, that's there's cool. A, there's a lot of potential. I mean, if I wanted to put the kids on computers and have them on a computer for the entire class, I could. Yeah. You know, it's it's that's, clunky. That's I, I, right. Exactly. I, I always think that's kind of weird. We do have a lot of teachers who have their kids put their Chromebooks on their music stands. Mm-hmm. And I taught me I taught middle school for 15 years. I would never in a trillion years trust the kids, <laughs> you know, with that with their with their Chromebook on a music stand because, you know, they just like barrel through. If they want to get, if they're a trombone, I'm a tuba player. So, you know, if I was a tuba player, I would literally just mow down every single music stand on the way to my section. So I can't imagine having Chromebooks on those stands. Uh, but there are a lot of people that do that. That's that's fun. So go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I've, I've had to do that a few times where um, there was a piece that was digitally available to us that we didn't have in a hard copy at the moment. Right, right. I was like, all right, everybody pull it up. Let's do this. And yep. it, it was precarious, but I also bought a really good stand tightening tool. So. Oh, very you know, good. Now those things are like, like welded basically. Right. Do you <laughs> have that? Is, is that that Manhasset stand with that wrench that it came with? It's, I have that, but I went on Amazon and got this like really, like it looks like as seen on TV, 
right. uh, multi-wrench tool that just has all these little pegs and it'll fit on any oh, that's screw awesome. that you put it on. And I just crank that thing, man. That's it's great. fabulous. Yeah. And and ratchet. It's great. I do every, have the Manhasset tool though, because you still need that for the little itty bitty one up on the top. And at the bottom, the, the, the old wonky, like, uh, you know, I think every music teacher, I've never talked about stands on this podcast, <laughs> but every single music teacher knows that that kid, they fight for like the brand new stand and that old rusty stand that like rolls around like some kind of yeah. a butter churn is, you know, that, that nobody wants. If you tighten it up at the bottom and spray paint it, they'll think it's too. <laughs> that's great. Exactly. <laughs> so what What are the other teachers, uh, the other, you? I would assume there's other music teachers in your junior high school. Are they doing anything with Music First or is it just you? I am the only music teacher at our junior high school site. We do oh, have wow. three other junior highs in our district though. Um, and I think everybody's using Site, fac site Reading Factory. Right. Um, if not, maybe there's one who's a little bit newer to it, and right. I don't know that she's gotten there yet. So but, there's no um, there are no choir or strings at the junior high. Nope. I used to have right. a choir, but then my band got too big, and I had right. to split it into two sections. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're advocating for me to be at the junior high more sections a day. Right. 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 We right. Definitely have the the numbers that we could fill it. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So I've got two more questions for you, Jessica. It's been, uh, it's, I have a big, big smile on my face as I always do. Um, and the first one is the advice question, because, you know, one of the, one of the reasons why I was excited to interview you is it's, you, you have fresh eyes on the product and you, I'm sure you've used other products in the past and you kind of, uh, you know, have an eclectic approach, I would say, to like, all right, what 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 am I going to use? What fits my what fits my needs? You know, doing a right. needs assessment of the program. But what advice would you give to other music teachers who are thinking of incorporating technology into their band program specifically? I would really think about what you want your end result to be, and then backwards map it, just like we do everything. Yep. But backwards map it into the tiny little chunks and then attach your technology to those tiny little chunks. Right. And also like keep it simple because I mean, if we learned nothing over the last three years, it was for me was do not make anything in life more difficult than it needs to be because right. there is enough going on and everybody's going to be okay. Right. You just, you know, just keep it focused, keep it streamlined and, then everything just works. So definitely, you know, plan with your end in mind, find tools that help you meet that goal. And then also make sure that you have the hardware to support what you want to do working well inside your classroom. Right. So what you just said, um, I just brought up two other quick questions for you. I hope you don't mind. Sure. And the, the first one is, um, were you doing any kind of um, projects for like creativity during the pandemic? Meaning, you know, all right, we, we can't rehearse all the time. I've got to get my kids doing something. Were, th were they writing their own music, either notation software or like things like GarageBand or Soundtrap, anything like we, that? We actually did use Soundtrap during um, like the throes of COVID. Now, let, let me rephrase that. Right. 
I was assigning projects and right, right. Off, offering opportunities to explore and learn. There you go. Through, <laughs> through Soundtrap, whether the kids were doing them yeah. is a completely different story. Right, right, but right. But I did have several kids who just took off. Right. I mean, they just, and they would send me, they would send me stuff in the middle of summer vacation. Hey, Mrs. H, I check this one out. I just made a new ringtone for you. And it was yeah, That's great. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kids exactly. getting kids love that kind of stuff. The, the other question I had for you, Jessica, is training. Like, so, A, how are you learning our software and and and, and what would you recommend to people? Uh, like, are you using are you talking to Jay? Yeah. Are you are you uh, are you using our support thing? Are you using our tutorial videos? Like, how are you learning how to use this stuff or, or is it kids? Um. I'm learning like trial by fire and mm -hmm. I was like, I need, I need this exercise. How am I going to figure out how to make this exercise? So either a YouTube video or going into a help section or um, you're emailing the folks that are on the support. And I locked myself out the other day and I was back in, in minutes. It was yeah. amazing. Um, so that support is great because I've used other things where there is, support You're right yep so um having that available is great and um yeah so you know there's there's plenty of options for for getting through it i wish that i can i wish i could convince my district to switch over as a whole and that's what i'm hoping i'm able to do in the next few years right but um and then just have a bunch of pd and just have somebody come and train us that would be magical yeah, absolutely. I'm sure Jay Mateko would love to uh, love to. Uh, it's one of their favorite places. So we'll see if we can make that happen. So my final question, my final question for you is the magic wand question. And I, I understand completely that you you you're kind of a couple months in. But is there anything if you could wave a magic wand and suddenly poof, music first does something that it doesn't do now or music tech in general? Uh, what would it be? For music first, I think. I think the first thing would be um, either a better or a bigger or more like blatantly in my face. Here's the help section right. for getting through the library in practice first. Got it. it. Took me a minute to figure out where that was. Right. Um, and how to navigate. And I yep. think I have it figured out, but there's probably magical things that I haven't found yet. Right. So, but like, I need a big flashing, like bright button. Yeah. Click <laughs> here, click here. Right. Yes. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then, um, then maybe like some one minute videos on YouTube. Yep. Like here's the thing, here's how to do this one specific thing. And I'm hoping maybe as an ambassador, as I'm learning these things new and fresh for myself, that might be something I'm able to help out with. So Yeah, no, if you click in Music First Classroom, if you click in the upper right corner, there's a little question mark. And yeah. then when you click on that, that's our support section. On the left side is the user guide, which is like a written manual. On the right side are the tutorial videos mm -hmm. uh, that Jay has painstakingly created over the years. Oh, you definitely okay. check those because those are all, I, I am totally ADHD. And so when I said to Jay, <laughs> like these videos have to be two minutes or less because music teachers mm -hmm. do not have time to watch oh, a 15 yeah. minute video to try to find exactly what they're looking for. So make sure you check that out. So that's one of the very first magic wand questions where I could say, Hey, wait, well, there is something there for you. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's really cool. But I, I hear you loud and clear 
about uh, content. And um, Marjorie Lepresti, who's our digital content manager, I'm sure, sure as an ambassador at some point, you'll have a chat with her. Uh, but when Matt and I come out in California, I'm going to tell Matt, let's let's try to schedule a, a, a little drive up north and go visit Jessica. And, I, and I'll I'll sit with you and show you exactly where all that stuff is. Oh, right on. Yeah. Cool. Well, Jessica, I, I really enjoyed uh, having you on the podcast. I hope you liked uh, being a guest. Uh, it's always great to talk to music teachers, especially around the country, to hear what they're doing with technology, how they how they're getting through this you know, beginning back to school, the first one that feels like in a long time that is quote unquote normal. So thanks for spending some time with us, Jessica. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Jim. It was nice to chat. You got it. Take care. Okay. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.